Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello! Welcome to History in Retrograde. This is the podcast where we use the ancient art of astrology to help us better understand the past. I'm your co-host, Chandler O'Quinn, and joining us live via satellite is my mom. Hi, Mom! Hi, Chandler! Are you ready to begin this grand experiment? I'm ready! Alright, let's begin. So, this being the uh, inaugural episode, the first episode of the first season of History in Retrograde, I think it is especially important that I explain to you all the premise behind this show. Uh, For thousands of years, uh, humanity, cultures across the world have been looking to the stars to help them understand things about themselves and even try and help predict the future. Well, we thought, what if we could use these same tools, but instead of looking forward, look to our past? So, in a moment, I will be giving my mother the birth date, uh, time, and location of a random historical figure. Now, you, the viewing and listening audience, already know who this historical figure is. It's in the title of this episode. And I, of course, know who the figure is because I selected the person. But Mom has no idea who this could be. She will then take that information, enter it into the bat computer, and out will come the astrological birth chart of this historical figure, where all the stars and planets were when this person was born. She will then give us an initial reading of this chart, everything that stands out to her about what the motivations and characteristics and morals and everything that she can gain from just a a blind reading of this chart. Uh, I will ask a few discussion questions to kind of uh, help see if uh, uh, we can find out more about this person without her knowing. Then I will reveal who this historical figure is, 
give a little bit of background about the person, and we will discuss how accurately this chart represents uh, the motivations and what actually happened with this person. Uh, so, uh, without further ado, we will begin. The birth date is December 21st. 1503. Oh my. Okay. Uh, we don't really have an accurate... Is this a male or a female? Yes, it is a male. Okay, attention. You entered the year 1503. The Gregorian calendar is usually not used before 15th of October, 1582. Please append July to the year number... Okay, so actually, this is this is great. This shows how great this program is. So I already gave you the information in the Gregorian calendar. And what they're asking ah. is uh, if uh, that is what we want. So the Gregorian calendar, uh, uh, please append, J-U-L actually stands for Julian. The Julian calendar mm -hmm. was used uh, prior to mm -hmm. 1582. Uh, so if mm -hmm. I if I had given you the Julian year, I uh, we would then put mm -hmm. J U L um, at mm -hmm. the end of the year. Uh, so we can do that because in the Julian calendar it was December fourteenth, fifteen o three. So if you wanted to do that, December fourteenth, fifteen o three, and then put and then... J U L at the end of fifteen o three. I don't know if it needs a space or not. Well, we'll, we'll find see out. What happens. Okay. And then, uh, right. so we don't really have an accurate birth time, so uh, it's recommended that we go with uh, 12 o'clock, uh, noon. Mm-hmm. Noon. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And where? Uh, so it's uh, St. Remy. Oh, the country is France. Well, what The country is okay. France. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do I spell out Saint? Uh, no, I think it can just be ST. R-E-M-Y-M-E. Oh, R okay. Which one is it? Uh, De Provence. It's going to be one of... So the third one. This one? Yes. Okay. All right. Is it a male or a female? It's a male. Mm -hmm. December 14th, 1503, in the Julian calendar, St. Remy de Provence, France. Okay. We go with this one. Okay. Another very, very, very dynamic person. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Wow. Okay, this looks like it's going to be fun. And you know, I always like to give a disclaimer for myself, Chandler, that I am absolutely not a professional astrologist. I am not a professional astrologer. I have been doing this as 
Well, more than a hobby. I have worked in professional capacities with other professional astrologers as their executive assistant, but I will give you my best um, information as we move forward. Okay. Wow. This is a lot of grand chimes. Okay. So I always like to start with North Node because that is the direction that a person is supposed to go with their life. They're supposed to go in this direction. And this person has North Node at 28 degrees Pisces. I'm going to make this a little bit bigger for me. Better? Okay. And it is in the 12th house. So this person is karmically attached to the direction of their life. All right. Now the 12th house is, is ruled by Pisces. Okay. And this person has North node in Pisces at 28 degrees. So it's within, it's within the orb of Aries. Okay. So they have kind of two sides to this karma. They're either Piscean, which can be uh, very uh, supernatural abilities. They can have natural psychic abilities. They can have um, more than likely very, very, psych very much psychic abilities since it's in Pisces. <laughs> and also okay. Uranus in Pisces at eight degrees. So not, not conjunct by orb, but also Uranus in Pisces. Now this, whenever we see the Uranus in the 12th house, which is the house of karma, um, Uranus is ruled by Aquarius and it's, it's really unexpected things, unexpected things happening. So, uh, I would say that this person has maybe even unexpected bouts with uh, abilities or this person is quite the prophet like a person who would um, offer uh, information um, I don't know. I almost want to say that this is a person who would be very capable of predicting future events or whatever. Okay. So, um, I always like to look at North node first just to see where they are. Now the South node of that, the opposite side of the North node is of course the South node, which is the direction sometimes people take, right? Which would be in this case, mm -hmm. more of a partnership, uh, their south node would fall here and it would be like they would be more interested in having partners and and maybe even a relationship or whatever. But this person doesn't have anything in the seventh house. So I'm going to lean this direction that this person did actually work with these abilities. Okay. Uh, moving around here, we have the eleventh house. Okay. And in the eleventh house, we have um, part of it in Capricorn and part of it in Aquarius. Now this person has Venus in Aquarius along with Neptune in Capricorn, but this Neptune in Capricorn 
has fallen into the twelfth house, which is the house of groups and uh, gatherings of people and friends and associates and anywhere there are groups. So I would say that this person with Venus and Aquarius, I always like to go with the light side of Aquarius, which is very humanitarian, very um, uh, concerned with humanitarian things, right? So since it's a man uh, having a Venus in Aquarius, it would make him or it should make him want to help people and or want to have a female in his life that is very active in helping people. But again, the very dark side of Aquarius is totalitarian rule. So if this person were evil, mm -hmm. then they could go the direction of absolute totalitarian rule along with this Neptune in Capricorn, which could make this person almost a magical manipulator because Scorpio and Capricorn both have manipulative qualities. It's just that Scorpio is usually doing it for their own personal gain. They're maybe weird sexual <laughs> things or whatever. And Capricorns tend to do it for money or uh, position or power, right? So this person could... So uh, what, what would be, the, what would be the, the flip side of that? Because right now you're talking about the dark side and that magical manipulative part. Is there a positive side to that? Well, Capricorns are... Uh, Capricorns are ruled by Saturn. They can be very... They, they can be very parental they can be very fatherly right so this person could be mm -hmm. uh like a father to the people but that neptune neptune always gives you the magical quality neptune is where you have uh n depending on where your neptune is and what it's in with neptune and capricorn i would say that this person would have a very good ability with probably business like um or maybe even ruling they would have a quality to them that probably softens some of the normal uh intensity capricorns can have all right but now we move over here to the 10th house which is career and the midhaven right? Which is all about the career. And this person has sun at one degree Capricorn. Okay. And then has Mercury at four degrees Capricorn in the 10th house. So having sun conjunct Mercury in any house, in any sign is going to give you a better ability for, um, for your life, right? So you're going to be able to uh, have a better, it, it combines to give you a really good strength in communications and how you move forward in the things that you want in your life. Okay. And this person has both of them in the 10th house, which means this person could have with this 10th and 11th house combined be, uh, very successful. Okay. Um, but also could be 
the dark side of that could be all of this brilliant career ruling ability could be used for manipulation and gain and and still be successful i would say that this person would probably be successful either way there would have to be something very tragic that would happen to make this person not successful because i think they would be very successful um then power in the eighth house with pluto in the eighth house right in sagittarius and moon in scorpio Oof. Oof. okay so moon in scorpio is going to give this person a real sex appeal i have never known anyone who has moon in scorpio that did not come across with a lot of sex appeal uh okay. i don't know if this person was well liked in that way and then i mean the other side of that would be that he would like really sexy women <laughs> or maybe his mother was uh, kind of scorpio-ish so maybe his mom was really hot i don't know but uh pluto in the eighth house and anything in the eighth house eighth house is the house of inheritance okay and uh it could be power because pluto is power but pluto is also death and rebirth now if you have pluto in the eighth house uh, there's either going to be a lot of death in I mean, because it's eighth house, so it's it's eighth house is ruled by Scorpio. But this person has Pluto in Sag, not in Scorpio. So this power comes from uh, kind of a ability to just ride up to something and conquer it. Is any of this making sense? Yes. Oh, oh yes. good. That's always. That's always helpful when things make sense. Okay, so a Sagittarius is a fire sign, right? But of the three fire signs, Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius, Sagittarius is the more uh, cavalier one, right? Sagittarius will get an idea and just ride towards it, just go. Where a Leo will look at it from a different perspective. A Leo and an Aries, I don't know, in a way to me, Leos and Aries are more similar than Sagittarius. Sagittarius seems to be more earthy, more uh, inclined to want to be in nature and be like, I don't know, in the dirt. <laughs> There's something about Sagittarius that's very outdoorsy, hunting, that kind of thing, right? And so what you're saying is that this person would be in tune with nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they should be really... Because and, of the Pluto and the Eighth uh -huh, House. And kind of be... Use that, because it's it's a powerful aspect for this person. But I'm curious about the moon. Okay, so let's go down here to Jupiter conjunct Saturn conjunct Mars in the fourth house. 
which again fourth house is home and it's in cancer so for all of this cavalier manipulative uh gifted interesting karma with being a prophet this person should also have been very uh much in need of getting nurtured in their home their um you know their luck their all everything that has to do with their luck uh jupiter is all luck and benevolence and gifts from the universe and all of these things and joy okay um it falls in the fourth house so somehow their home is very connected very it's a very important foundation some people don't need that you know what i mean like some people can travel the world every day and be perfectly happy this person would have needed a home base okay and this person has saturn at 15 degrees cancer conjunct jupiter so not only is this person being gifted nurturing things from the universe in their home they are also having to be very responsible for that all right and mm -hmm. it is a goal like they're very driven by this like like their home is their goal like if they were a king and they were extremely loyal to their homeland their home there's something really important about this person their home okay and then they have Kahanch, uh chiron in the fifth house fifth house is um also in cancer these lessons uh that also have to do with children there could have been some sadness around children because 29 degrees is the degree of sorrow and so there could be some mm. sadness around children or um i don't know i mean usually it has to do with leo so it's it's either like entertaining or something there's some lesson there uh regarding that aspect of it so but i'm curious about the mother and women and the powerful women because this person would have had powerful women because they have this pluto and the moon both in the eighth house so or their mother could have been a powerful woman um or their mother could have left them a significant um inheritance or something along that line but this person okay i don't see that this person maybe i'm completely wrong would have had a lot standing in their way this person is i would say very fortunate and does not have a lot of um i guess maybe whatever they would do in their life they win does that make sense hmm. a little bit uh or they expect to win or they're just used to it 
Okay, so I don't know if I've done well or not. <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to ask me any questions? You know, I, I think you've already covered a lot of the questions that I would have asked. Wow, okay. Uh, I think that there uh, there are a lot of things here that we'll find out in a moment are, are very accurate. And then I think some that are insights because, you know, we're dealing with someone from the 16th century. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily know everything about their home life or or the the women in their life or things. So this is going to help us maybe in, in figuring out uh, what their home life would have been like because we just, we really don't have the records to show mm -hmm. that. So I, I'm, I'm very excited to reveal this to you. Are, are you ready? Uh, okay. So right now, actually, hold, let, let me summarize the things that, that you have uh, uh, given us from the birth chart. Okay. Um, karma, a uh, very important uh, supernatural abilities, psychic, uh, unexpected bouts um, with, uh, uh, not sure what I wrote down there, but uh, uh, prophet, you said prophet several times, mm -hmm. uh, predict the future, uh, uh, humanitarian, uh, want to help people, uh, magical qualities, uh, a sense of business and success. Success uh, happened, uh, uh, communications and achieve life goals. Uh, someone who rides towards problems and conquers them. Um, in tune with nature. Uh, home is very important. Powerful women uh, play a part in their life and, and maybe has a, a, a sex appeal upon, uh, can get uh, women to be very attracted to him. Uh, so you are looking at the astrological birth chart of Michelle de Notre Dame, <gasps> otherwise known as Nostradamus. Oh, that just gave me the chills. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. This person was going to be a psychic no matter what happened. Wow. Oh my goodness. Okay. Very, very, very interesting. Oh my. Okay. So, uh, Michel de Notre Dame, uh, was born to Jaume and Rainier, uh, Notre Dame in, uh, the Provence, uh, part of, it would soon become part of France. Uh, the father's family, uh, was Jewish, uh, but the grandfather converted to Catholicism during the Inquisition. Uh, his maternal grandfather was a physician, and uh, the legend credits him with really taking Michel under his wing and uh, exposing him uh, to uh, the teachings of astrology, of spiritualism, of magic, and Kabbalah. Um, Nostradamus uh, studied at the uh, University of Avignon uh, for one year, and then the university had to close because of the plague. Uh, he then spent a number of years as an apothecary going across France. Uh, he returned to the University of Montpellier, uh, but he was expelled because uh, while he was at, uh, 
in between universities, he was practicing apothecary, which was looked down upon by the university. So it is a little bit unclear as to whether he was actually given a degree and was an actual doctor or if he just played one on TV. Um, but he did act like he was a doctor, and uh, between 1529 and 1531, uh, there was a major outbreak of the plague, and Nostradamus gained uh, notoriety for his treatment of the plague. Uh, he uh, insisted on cleanliness. Uh, this was a time when people were just piling up dead bodies everywhere in the town. Um, cleanliness was not on anyone's mind. Uh, dirt and infection and everything was everywhere when nostradamus would come into into a town he would demand that the uh piled up bodies would have to be removed from the town he would demand that the water sources be cleaned so that people had clean water to drink he made sure that he washed himself with soap and water before performing procedures on people and insisted on the sick people also washing themselves um he also uh, gained notoriety for making these rose pills um which we now know that these rose pills have a, a, a concentrated amount of vitamin C. Uh, so the cleanliness and these rose pills gave him a much higher success rate with dealing with the plague than many of the other doctors of the time. Uh, so even if Nostradamus had never written anything down, he would have been remembered because of how well he treated people as a doctor uh, during these outbreaks of the plague. Um, in uh, 1530s, uh, he was married, and we don't know the name of the woman that he married. Uh, he would have a child, uh, but while he was off traveling France taking care of other people with the plague, his uh, wife and son died uh, from the mm. plague. And so it was... Um, uh, the, a lot of people were started thinking, well, if he can't even save his own family from this, how good is he anyway? And it was a real mark of shame, and, and he was very sad about um, the loss of his uh, wife and child, and so uh, he just started traveling. Um, he went uh, throughout the Western world. He went to Italy and Greece and Turkey and Egypt, and what we now know is while he was doing this, he was gaining more and more knowledge about um you know the uh, uh, divination and uh, uh predicting the future and spiritualism uh from all of these uh different places and all these different cultures uh, but he returned to France uh, after 9 years and uh, he uh, settled down. Uh, th this is something that I'd like to do. He settled down uh, with a rich widow in Salon <laughs> de Provence. Uh, that's, that's, that's a life goal of mine. Uh, he would later have six children. Um, that happened in 1547. Three years later, he wrote his first almanac. And uh, this was a very popular way for people to uh, make money, especially with all of this knowledge of astrology that he had uh, and uh, knowing where the stars and the moons and uh, he also knew the weather patterns and everything. So writing it all down into an almanac to show what the next year's season uh, was going to be like helped farmers and uh, having good crops and harvest for the seasons. Um Within these almanacs, he started including these other uh, predictions of the future. Uh, the way that they say that uh, he started uh, doing these predictions is he would just set up uh, a tripod uh, and a bowl of water, and he would put a twig 
uh, into the water, and then he would just stare into the ripples and be taken off. And it might be two hours that he would be gone in these uh, visions of seeing the future. And when he woke up after these two hours, he had written down these poems, uh, these quatrains uh, that were predicting all these certain parts of the future. Um, this, uh, by 1555, had gained uh, the attention of one of the most powerful women in Western history, Catherine de' Medici. Uh, Catherine de' Medici was the uh, Queen of France, uh, married to Henry II, um, and uh, she asked Nostradamus to come and provide predictions for her children. Uh, Nostradamus came and he predicted that um, out of her seven children, four would die and three would survive. And that is exactly what ended up happening. Four of the children died and three uh, were left surviving. Uh, Nostradamus also started writing down his predictions in uh, what he called uh, the centuries. And so these were over a thousand predictions that he wrote into a book, 10 books of 100 predictions each. One of these predictions stated, uh, the young lion will overcome the old and on the field of single combat. Uh, he will pierce his eyes through a golden cage. Two wounds become one. Then he dies a cruel death. In 1559, the husband of Catherine de' Medici, King Henry II, engaged in a joust with Count Montgomery. Uh, Montgomery's lance shattered and a splinter entered the king's golden visor, piercing him in his eye and temple. He lay dying for ten days uh, until he succumbed to his injuries. Many people at the time viewed this as this is uh, proof that Nostradamus is correct. Some people wanted to go out and, and kill him right then because he had predicted this horrible thing. He must be in tune with devil worship and Satan and all these things. But because of his relationship with Catherine de' Medici, um, that did not happen. And Nostradamus remained a vital uh, a confidant of the queen uh, throughout uh, the rest of his life. Um through these books of the centuries, he predicted all sorts of things. And whether or not you believe that these predictions are true or that uh, any of this uh, actually uh, bears out, um, the fact that he did all this and wrote all this down and the impact that he had during his time and then what we're still talking about him 500 years later uh, proves that he was truly a, a renaissance man. I, I believe that it's a, a it's really a shame that he's not said in the same breath as Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo and these other men of uh, science and knowledge, because really uh, he he was. If he was not actually predicting anything, then what he was was the world's greatest historian. Because you could see all these predictions of war and famine and tyrants and destruction and fires. They're all things that had already happened. And then he put them into these poems. And because of the Inquisition, he put it into vague enough terms to where they can apply to things as we discover them throughout the centuries after his death. Um, but I, I uh, he's 
absolutely one of my favorite historical figures. Anytime I had the opportunity to do a project about a Renaissance figure, I always chose Nostradamus. I would actually ask the teacher, because his name wouldn't be on the list, I would say, can I do Nostradamus and get special predict mm -hmm. uh, 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 uh you know, be able to do that for the project. I, I think that he is fascinating and really important for what we're doing here because he was an excellent historian and an excellent astrologer. And he put both of those abilities together uh, to do uh, what he did and had the impact that he has to this very day. Well, this is amazing. I had no idea. And um, yeah, that that is just amazing. <laughs> so are there any things on here that uh, make more sense to you now that you know that it is uh, Nostradamus? Well, what I would like to do actually is when we go into the other um, aspects and we go back and visit other things, I think in another uh, episode I might want to play around with possible birth times to see if what what kind of changes would be made if these were to float around in different houses because no matter how you look at it he has all the planets in the places right he has venus and aquarius which would have made mm -hmm. him want to be a humanitarian so clearly he he was using the good side of everything right he was using mm -hmm. the fatherly side. All that Capricorn that he had was using as a very good father, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, all of this, I mean, powerful woman. Uh, it's all very interesting. And the um, situation with the uh, sadness regarding a child. So there's a lot of information here and there's a lot of ways to play with this to uh, look at it in so many different ways. But all the things that I've said about this are accurate as they those are not going to change all of those things are set at the day he was born right the only thing that could possibly move right. if we change the time might be uh the moon in scorpio but i don't think so because it's right in the middle it's exactly at 15 degrees so that's probably not going to change all everything is going to stay the same Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, the, the, the thing, it, it, it was maybe less than a minute before you said the word prophet. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's all written out right there. And I, I think that all the stuff on the bottom, we might not necessarily uh, have known how important home was to mm -hmm. him, but um, the, he traveled the world, but he came mm -hmm. back. You know, and I think that that and, and his, you know, loyalty to the, the king and queen, um, he wrote his whole prediction about uh, uh, the, the, the jousting match, about the, the golden cage to try and, and prevent the king from engaging in that. And uh, he did not listen. Mm -hmm. um, so that I think that there was a great love of, of country and, and uh, had a great loyalty to his kingdom mm -hmm. Absolutely. and home. Uh -huh. Yeah, he is a fascinating man. I really enjoy reading his quatrains and learning about him. Also, I think he is amazing and should absolutely be in the same category or in the same timeline or referred to as well as Leonardo da Vinci. 
Right. I, I mean, uh, uh, if if I can put my uh, services into one goal, uh, all of these other Renaissance men have Ninja Turtles named after them. <laughs> uh, Donatello, Raphael, uh, Leonardo. I want a Ninja Turtle named after Nostradamus. I can agree with that. I think that's perfect. It is the least that he deserves. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so is there uh, anything else uh, to, to add about uh, our, our exploration of, of Nostradamus's chart? Here? Well, the one thing about Nostradamus and looking at this chart is that clearly, I mean, he did have tragedy in his life, of course. But, I mean, I don't know that anyone can go an entire lifetime without having some tragedy, tragedy in their life. But mm -hmm. he is... Uh, an amazing person by his chart. You just look at the chart and then it's it's mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah, and I think even the lesser things, like he was successful with his books and things. I mean, it's one of the rare books that was made 500 years ago that is still being printed today. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the success that he had uh, financially... Uh, with that and the fact that there were times where he was questioned by the Inquisition but was able to uh, uh, get out of it either by physically getting away from them or by uh, just showing uh, uh, what he was doing was not wrong at all, uh, even by the standards of the Inquisition. Uh, so I think that, you know, the the idea of a person who, who runs into a problem, I mean, the... Uh, if I was around back then, I would not have run into a town where everyone was dying of the plague to try and help them. Uh, you know, it, it's a, that's a thing that you want to stay away from. But he right. clearly uh, yeah. ran right into it. Absolutely. He had a great love for, for humanity. A, a really great mm -hmm. love for humanity. And the need to nurture them. Uh, he had a need to nurture them. It wasn't something that would be... Uh, mm -hmm. a choice this is something that this person had to do it was within them to have to do it and nostradamus himself would have had would have known that because he uh, uh, but what i was struck by doing all the research is that the first thing that they taught doctors was astrology uh that they would want to know what your birth date was so that they could know how to treat you. And uh, uh, o over the many years, that, that has, because it's not an exactly proven science, uh, that has left us. But I think, you know, uh, uh, if you go into a hospital and, and, and the nurse asks you what your sign was, um, I don't know, maybe that might help in, in, uh, in what kind of treatments you need. Um, but I think it'd be interesting uh, to have your little white wrist bracelet say, uh, you know, your... <laughs> How much you weigh, and uh, you're an Aries. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I uh, I think that on our scale of uh, right on the money to way out in outer space, this uh, chart definitely is right on the money. This shows uh, exactly who Nostradamus was set to be uh, from the moment uh, he was uh, born and uh the the man that we still study all these many centuries later it was all set right then
I have to agree with you. I, I see all of the aspects that make him who he was right here in his chart. Everything. Uh, so, uh, we'd like to uh, thank you all uh, for listening to uh, this first episode of History and Retrograde. Uh, please uh, like, share, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we're going to be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. Um, you know, this is a podcast that's all about stars, so please give us a rating of five stars uh, uh, and uh, give us a, a, a review on there as well. Every little bit helps. And uh, without uh, further uh, uh, goings on, uh, as long as all of your houses are in order and the stars are aligned, everything will be just fine. Thank you very much. So long. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and please come back. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.